Welcome back to Monster Kid Radio. This is episode 53 of the podcast devoted to the classic and sometimes not so classic and this time cheesy monster movies of yesteryear. I am your host, Derek M. Cook, and I'm excited to bring you part two of the discussion that I had with sculptor and returning Monster Kid Radio guest Tom Bigler to talk about some of our favorite, quote unquote, cheesy monster movies. And by the way, the song that opened the show was El Tortura by the band The Ape Men. It appears on their album Seven Plus Inches of Love. You can find out more about the band by going to their website, www.the-apemen.com. Of course, you can follow the link in the show notes over at Monster Kid Radio for that. Now, to get back to the subject at hand, I think we made it pretty clear in part one of our discussion that we are talking about these movies with nothing but love in our hearts for these films. Yeah, they're a little cheesy sometimes, but you know what? We love them anyway. In fact, all the movies that we talked about in part one are some of my personal favorites. Well, except for maybe slime people. And well, uh, Giant Claw. Well, you know what? I love these movies anyway. And I actually own every single one of them. They're in my DVD collection, and they would not be taking up space in my DVD folders and on my shelves if I didn't have at least a little bit of love for these films. We are not talking about these movies in a disparaging way at all. We're just shining a little light on some movies that sometimes do get a little laughed at because they're a little cheesy. And you know what? We love them anyway. This was Tom's idea for a topic of discussion, and I thought it was a blast to sit down with Tom and talk about these movies. So big thanks to Tom for making that happen and giving us something to talk about here on Monster Kid Radio this week. If you have any thoughts about what we're talking about on Monster Kid Radio, drop me an email at monsterkidradio at gmail.com. Send an email or an MP3 file. Or you can leave me a voicemail at 503-4795-MKR. If you want to talk about something with other listeners of the Monster Kid Radio listenership, join our Facebook group. Just look us up at Monster Kid Radio and join the group. Or follow the link over at monsterkidradio.net. We have some conversations happening over there, some polls about favorite monster movies to watch during the holiday season, all sorts of stuff happening on Facebook. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention our 50 review challenge. If we can get 50 honest reviews in the iTunes store... I'm going to launch a spin-off show here at Monster Kid Radio. It'll be a very specifically focused show, but about something near and dear to this Monster Kid's heart. And I think you guys and gals are going to dig what I have in mind for this thing. But I can't launch this new special spin-off show as part of the Monster Kid Radio Network until we get to 50 reviews on the iTunes Store. Honest reviews. Tell me what you really think. I'm not just looking for a freebie, a gimme five-star review thing. Give me an honest review in the iTunes Store. We get 50 of them, I launch the new show. We get 35 reviews in the iTunes Store, and I'll tell you what the new show is going to be. As of this recording, we have 25 reviews. So 10 reviews, I'll tell you what it is, 50 reviews, we begin production on the new show. Here in a little bit, we're going to announce the winner of the original piece of artwork, the sculpture, the diorama set of the silicates from Island of Terror, created by Tom Beagler, donated to the show. He did us a real solid here, ladies and gentlemen. It's a beautiful piece of artwork. I can't wait to announce the winner and find out whose shelf this piece of art is going to sit on because it's not going to sit on mine anymore. And well... After I mail it to you, I promise to lose your address so I don't come by and visit the artwork. This just got really creepy. So moving on, stay tuned. At the end of the show, I'll announce the winner of that. But before that, we've got part two of our Tom Beagler discussion about cheesy B-movies that we love. And we'll roll into that right after this. From a world beyond our own come the forces of nature unleashed. Daikaiju attack. The serialized giant monster story presented free 
every week on DaikaijuAttack.com and SDSullivan.com. Become a member of the Daikaiju Attack group on Facebook. Join the action today. It's a piece of skin, like leather. From all corners of the earth, they gather to study the mystifying frozen fossil. A reptilian tail that grows into a giant of terror. It's alive! It's loose! You have been invited here to see for yourselves one of the most amazing events in the annals of scientific history. Reptilicus, a monstrous massive beast whose astounding appearance causes panic. Reptilicus approaching the city. Repeat, Reptilicus approaching the city. This is Grayson. All units. an annihilating mastodon immune to all known weapons of warfare, creating chaos such as mankind has never before known. We're uh, going to jump to a different country and try Reptilicus. Yes! And that's actually what I wanted to bring up, too. Well, good. Because Reptilicus... I haven't seen in years. You say that all about all these, Derek. We I know have to I sit that, down and watch it. I sometime. know we need to. I, well, have you seen my DVD collection? <laughs> no, <I> um, <laughs> uh, but I can't help but remember Reptilicus and what it looks like. It looks like it's made out of paper mache parts. It's pretty bad. It, it is pretty rough. Uh, this was also recently released in a four pack on DVD. That's one of the ones I got on one of my four oh, packs. I'm sure. Okay. Yeah, I had it already, but it was. I had heard. From so many other people that the prints on a lot of these were so good that I thought, geez, for $5 to upgrade. Yeah, I think more Vince over the BMoviecast was talking about it. Yeah, yeah, Because that's, that's what caught my attention, too. And uh, I, I need to watch it. I've got that disc at home. I need to put it in and check it out. But all I remember is that monster looking like it was made out of paper mache, and it would just take a match to take care of it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a good film. I mean, still a fun film. Yeah, it's fun. You know, there's some comic elements and... Some of the special, I mean, not only the creature, but well, if it for those that'll watch it or have watched it, some of they have some, uh, what is it? I guess it'd be blue screen work where like Reptilicus is eating, eating a guy. Yeah. And it's, and it shows him flying into the Reptilicus, <laughs> Reptilicus mouth. <laughs> I mean, the effects are, I mean, it's, it's terrible. pretty, pretty rough. But, but there again, that's, you know, they didn't have millions of dollars to do stuff. They just did what they could do. And we accept it. the money. Yeah, yeah you know. Fine. I hope people are at home are uh, taking notes here because these are movies that I need to sit down and watch. That's, <laughs> again. Ah, this is the guy. Uh-oh. Not to interject here, but Dirch Passer. He was, do you remember Peterson? He was the, he was the comic relief. He was the uh, orderly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was the guy that put his finger in the, uh... <laughs> 
in the eel tank. Uh-huh. <laughs> Got electrocuted. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> I wonder if, how much of what's hampering Reptilicus has to do with the fact that it wasn't shot here. I'm trying to be delicate, but it's not an American movie. I mean, you no. said you were going to go foreign and go overseas. It's a... Uh, Swedish, country? yeah. Swedish. No, Denmark. Denmark. Danish. Well, I think so. It says it was discovered in Denmark. Discovered in Denmark. <laughs> well, the, 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 the creature portion tale. Yeah. I don't know if that's where they made the movie, though. Oh, here we go. Yeah, it was shot in Denmark, and they turned it over to AIP. Sidney Pink was the director. Yeah. Who was also the guy who did Journey to the Seventh Planet. Ah. Yeah. And how is that related to the creature? I don't get it. Get it? It's a joke because everything's related well, to the creature. Well, Journey to the had John Agar who was in Revenge of the Creature. <laughs> okay, which was, okay, okay. okay. Now, Agar used I to joke that there. he would tell people, I'm going to go make a pink movie, which I guess was maybe something they would call adult film or uh, something like that, something naughty. But really, it's just directed by Sidney Pink. Wow. But he thought it was funny. At least I read that somewhere. I could be misremembering the story altogether, but... I'm sure you're right. Yes, of course I am. So, after that, I'm almost running out of stuff here. We got The Sting of Death, which I don't know if you've watched. I have not watched. You have made sure that I have it in my collection, but I have not watched it. What is Sting of Death about? I haven't watched it in a long time. It was it's it's basically That's I think it's how, <laughs> I think it's like in the it's set in the Everglades or something, and there's a doctor who's experimenting on uh, some kind of uh, life out there, some kind of new kind of life. His Igor character, he turns him into a giant jellyfish. That's, that's the, <laughs> okay. That's basically the what it is. It's kind of a Frankenstein, but the monster is a giant jellyfish. And it's basically a guy in a wetsuit with some, it looks like he has kind of maybe... Um, those love beads used to hang up <laughs> between between rooms instead of a door. Uh-huh. Some of those, and then he has a big translucent bag on his head. It's very unusual, and it's not real scary. But here, I'm looking it up. I'm just going to show Derek, because he will be able to verify that this is the best special effects of the year. Blue water and red blood. Thunderbird International Pictures presents Sting of Death, featuring the voice of Neil Sedaka. See a scientific dream turn into a nightmare of terror. I've got to go out on the reef. Fine. Uh, Egon, help me with the party. As Neil Sedaka sings, teenagers dance in happy abandon, unaware that cruel, merciless death stalks the dancers. See the gory, mutilated victims of the caress that kills the horrible sting of death. John, the door is closed. I'm going to check on Karen. A race with madness through the menacing wilderness of the Florida Everglades while a man-made monster strikes at will. This is what happens when science tampers with the mysteries of the sea and creates a creature that is half madman and half a slimy, tentacled, underwater horror. 
A happy excursion to the beach turns into the indescribable horror of mutilation and agony. This is awful. What else is going to be happening? Horrible, horrible things are going through my mind. See the jellyfish monster, the man whose brain is warped and whose body is covered with the stinging tentacles of the jellyfish. Thunderbird International Pictures presents Sting of Death, coming soon to this theater. That's awesome. That isn't that, isn't it? It's like a big inflatable <laughs> bag on his head. That's what it is. That's, all That's it is. amazing. <laughs> But the uh, the oh, stories man. are there again, you know. It's a terrible. Well, I don't want to say terrible. I shouldn't say that. It's it's a, it's a cheesy movie, but it's so much fun. I mean the the overacting and there's a scene. There's one scene where they're having a pool party, uh-huh. and this creature, the big headed uh, jellyfish, <laughs> is in the pool swimming around. And these other people at the pool party are there. They don't even notice him. They don't get in the pool. They don't even notice him in there. And, of course, he attacks one of the group girls. Uh-huh. But it's just so over the top and stuff. But uh, it's it's fun. It sounds so, awesome. Anyway. I, I know what movie I'm going to watch next. I have it. I need to watch. I, that looks amazing. When did it come out? 1965. 65. Okay. 4.8. On the I Am Du Bois, that's pretty high for that movie. <laughs> if I remember it, they must be adding the cheese factor in. I think something weird put that out. Yeah, Is it that... came out on a double bill with, um, I have it here somewhere. Is something Tartu? Yeah, the Curse of Death, Curse of Death, Tartu, I yeah. think. Yeah, Egon, a guy named John Vela. I don't imagine he did a lot of other acting, but... <laughs> He was the, he was the Igor you. character that because he he was ridiculed by the people because uh-huh. he I don't know because he had a wart or something so they ridiculed him and drove him in to be a giant jellyfish it's strange it sounds amazing it was pretty good I'm gonna have to check that one out I think you should I think you should get it we're almost at it see I I put Night of the Blood Beast on here but I haven't watched that in a long time but I know the creature's cool I have a lobby card of the creature. Do you okay. remember the, the monster from that? The story's kind of, you know, fairly interesting. John Cocorn was the first man to be set up in a satellite and ejected back to Earth. Something's wrong. I'm falling too fast. Golden Rod, I'm in trouble. The jets are breaking my speed. I'm releasing the drag chute. Seven hours and his blood is still alive. Brings you the first creature on Earth bullets cannot kill. This is fantastic. It's unbelievable. Things like this just don't happen. A blood beast that makes a dead man live. Dr. Wyatt. Half his head's gone. A blood beast that feasts on Earth scientists. The first satellite creature to impregnate man with its chromosomes. It's true. I can feel it inside. The first exploration into living space, exposing secrets too horrifying to reveal. You'll know days of nerve-straining suspense. This one's not ringing a bell. Rocket comes down uh, to Earth, crashes. The astronaut inside is dead. They take him back to this uh, research thing. Hmm. After a while, he comes back alive. 
but he's got uh, some parasites in him. And then mm. there's a creature. This might be one I've not seen. Actually, I actually have a copy of that that I could loan you, but it's... um. The creature's pretty cool. It's kind of a big bear-like thing. Oh, cool. It's a big bear-like thing uh-huh. with a beak and then two big bulbous eyes. So, pretty scary. You know, if we're talking cheesy monsters, I mean, why have we not mentioned Robot Monster yet? <laughs> Is there a reason why we're skipping the diving helmet on the gorilla suit monster? Maybe that's the elephant in the room. It's just too... <laughs> just too on the nose? For Maybe, what we're talking I don't about. know. But there's so many. Yeah. I mean, there's so many to pick. You know, and uh, actually mentioning something weird made me remember one that I forgot that I should bring up. God Monster of Indian Flats. This came out in the 70s, I believe. That sounds awful familiar. It's got a giant mutated monster sheep sheep <laughs> <laughs> that changes shape between shot and size between, it's weird wow but it's just what is this is this night of the blood beast that's night of the blood beast that's the creature it's actually a pretty good you know i'm gonna have to see that one but this has somebody uh night of the blood beast Ooh, 1.9 no 2.9 uh the main person ed nelson oh he's in it uh, he's john bears in it but most of the other people John Bear, Angela Green, Ed Nelson, who's kind of the mm-hmm. star, kind of. Huh. It was pretty entertaining. And if we're talking about this stuff, then we might as well talk about the one we were talking about off air. Is that the Carradine film? Horror of the Blood Mon... No. What was it? That's what you said. <laughs> horror of the Blood Monsters? Planet of the Blood Monsters? Planet of the Horror <laughs> Monsters from hell? <laughs> With Carradine. <laughs> Carradine's Planet of Horrors. Our intellect together will almost equal an intellect. Horror of the Blood Monsters. I thought that's what she said. Is that Horror of the Blood Monsters? Something Blood Monsters. Anyway, so that's got so many. <laughs> if we're talking about Hokia, about crazy creatures, uh, that's a uh, 70s. Here, let me look it up for all of America to... Yeah, Horror of the Blood Monsters, John Carradine, 1970. I'll just read the summary. Because you, you haven't seen this? You I sure? I don't think I have. This was one of my fond, I say this over and over, driving memories. I remember so many of these that we talk about. That's See, the I'm jealous. I, I, when you mentioned I saw this at the drive-in, this is a memory. I wish I had that, man. I really do. So you didn't have... A dr- or we just well, didn't go to the drive. I was a military kid growing up, so mm-hmm. we didn't. So we moved around a lot, and I remember having access to a drive-in when we lived in Washington, I think. But we moved to Montana, didn't have one. Moved to Wyoming, didn't have one. I dated a girl who had family in Fort Collins, Colorado, and there was a drive-in in Fort Collins, so we would drive the half hour, hour, whatever, out of Cheyenne to go to the drive-in there uh, once or twice. But I didn't grow up at a drive-in, really. I have very vague memories at the drive-in when I was a kid in Washington. I don't remember any movies that I saw there. I remember being put in the back of the van and told to go to sleep because they were going to watch their movie. <laughs> so whatever movie there was, you know, we weren't allowed to watch. Of course, I also remember peeking through the curtain. Oh, sure. But I don't remember what I saw. I don't remember any of it. I remember there being a playground at the front, but my parents won't let me go play at it. But that's it, man. My, you know, I'm jealous. I wish I had these experiences and these memories. Well, that's one of the benefits of having a dad that worked two jobs he probably felt so guilty after working all the time that he'd take me to double and triple features because oh, wow. he worked you know he worked at the dog track in the evenings uh-huh. 
and then we'd go after that probably in the summer you know mm-hmm. so but yeah he'd take me to double and triple features and he'd oh, take wow. me to all the you know all the stuff that would be fun to watch uh-huh. you know all the monster stuff all the drac all the hammer dracula and oh, frankenstein man. stuff and all the horror of the blood monsters and outside of going to the drive-in here you know the 99w whenever they show like a retro movie or whatever before that when i moved from wyoming to go to film school in montana you know i drove and i got to this small town on the border of wyoming and montana i can't remember the name of it it was on the wyoming side i'm pretty sure and it was time to go to bed i was just dead tired i was it was night and the hotel was just charging a lot and i didn't want to pay to stay in the hotel but they had a drive-in ah. and the drive-in was doing an all-night show <laughs> nice and i don't remember what movies there were i think die hard 3 was one of them um they were showing movies non-stop you pay however much you and just stay all night until the sun comes up when they stop showing movies so that's where i slept that night <laughs> i fell asleep watching die hard 3 Damn, locked hey. the car and called it good you know sun came up people went home and i went to film school <laughs> that sounds pretty nice yeah you probably got inundated while you slept with all this great cinema. That's how that works, probably. isn't it? Yeah, I it's, guess. That's, that's, yeah, I should just slept through class. That's what I should have done. So that's, that's too bad that there's so few drive Well, of course, so few drive-ins because it was a oh, you know it's a night you know and it's it's hard these days. But it was such a it was a nice memory of you know going and just playing and going yeah. to the snack bar and eating those you know mediocre hot dogs and hamburgers. Have and, you been to the drive-in that we have here? No, I no, no, I don't think I've ever been there. It's it's a good it's a good place. You know they they did win their project drive in a while back, so they are going to get the digital projector for next year. They still have some things that they need to do because, and this is something that I don't know if a lot of people really realize, digital projector. That's just the first step mm-hmm. because that's some pretty high end technical equipment. It's got to be in a climate controlled room. Ooh. So if you imagine a drive in movie theater, that probably was just a shack on top of the snack bar showing the project, you know, showing the movie out of, you know, they've got to go in and redo their entire room now, which, you know, is going to be an expense as well. So, you know, just if you have access to a drive and throw some money at them, I guess is yeah. what I'm saying. Listeners, you know, if they're showing a movie and, you, and, and that sort of thing, just keep that in mind. Um, there's a documentary called going attractions that came out earlier this year. Ah, I haven't heard of it. It's really good. It talks about the history of the drive and the rise and the fall and the, kind of resurgence of them now. And I learned some things about what caused drive-ins to kind of fail more so than I, I knew before, which I had no idea the daylight savings had something to do with it. Oh. That there was actually a campaign by some drive-in movie theaters to fight instituting a daylight savings time because it meant it got darker later, which meant less business for them, which I found fascinating. I, I have this dream that someday my retirement job would be owning a drive-in movie theater and museum, but I don't know how likely that really is. <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice. Because that's where you would show these cheesy boo- oh, movies, yeah. you know, to bring it back on topic. But then only, well, I guess there would yeah, be a handful of people. Show up. <laughs> there'd be like, well, that's why it has to be the retirement job where it doesn't matter. That's right. Yeah, only five or six right. people show up. Ah, sure. Just for fun. It's that's all right. for fun. Exactly. So horror, the, we got off track there. but We the, really did, but that's all right. Horror of the Blood Monsters, where the premise is the Earth has been overrun by vampires. The only way they can fight this thing is to go to the planet of the original vampire. So John Carradine and his crew take a <laughs> an incredibly realistic rocket ship, <laughs> and they end up landing on this planet. Uh-huh. The inhabitants of this planet are just amazing. Well, they're not amazing. They're they're basically just 
by they're just like people, but they've they have people that have snakes have sprouted out of their shoulders. That's the snake people. Then they have the lobster people that live underwater, and they have giant lobster claws. This movie sounds amazing. They have Mom. bat people that fly. They have uh, they have just plain old cavemen. It's super fun. But evidently, I think as we were talking about it, from my understanding, it was a sci-fi. What country? Oh, a Philip. I think it was a Filipino right um, sci-fi movie that somehow they cut together with all these scenes with John Carradine, and so it's kind of a mishmash. Uh-huh. But it's so much fun to watch. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that just sit back and laugh and enjoy. This movie sounds amazing. I don't. I mean, you describing it just makes it sound awesome. I feel like I have seen quite a few of the masters, you know, Lugosi, Cheney, Karloff, Agar, Cushing, Agar and Cushing and Agar and Cushing. But <laughs> um, John Carradine, I don't think I've seen a lot of his non-studio work. Like, of course, you know, House of Dracula, House of Frankenstein and, uh, you know, Shockwaves, he's good in and mm-hmm. Astro Zombies, which isn't studio at all. But I, I don't have a lot of experience with Carradine and it sounds like I need to see this movie. Well, yeah, this was not his finest work. It almost sounds like it might. <laughs> my experience with Carradine is like he seemed to have more fun, or the movies that he was in seemed to be more <laughs> up my alley. The older he got, and the lesser mm-hmm. you know the lesser procedurals he got. I guess I'm just gonna have to do a little bit of research on Carradine and check these movies out. I'm gonna track this one down. <laughs> Come into the cave of the bat demons. They are waiting for you. They are longing for your blood. They hope you'll drop in to join them in horror of the blood monsters. A new, a ghastly journey into the weird world of the undead. Vampires! 
So we're going to go out on the trailer from Horror of the Blood Monsters because I don't know how much, what else you can say to top it. No, that was the grand finale. <laughs> oh, this was awesome, Tom. Thank you for uh, bringing up some titles that just makes me smile and laugh. Mm, thank you for the chance to to talk with you about some of the stuff. Good stuff, man. We'll have you back on the show down the line, man. Okay, Sam. We should definitely talk about Horror of the Blood Monsters. Definitely. Let's watch it and we'll uh, discuss it at a later date. Sounds like a plan, man. Take care, Monster Kids. Huge thanks to Tom for taking some time to talk about these cheesy B-movie monster movies with us here at Monster Kid Radio. Tom is a great guest. I really appreciate him making this happen and even suggesting the topic. It was a lot of fun. So, Tom, thank you. And thank you to everybody who listened and everybody who entered the contest for the original piece of artwork, the original sculpt that Tom created based on the movie Island of Terror. It's two silicates doing what silicates do. One looks all menacing and the other one is, well, doing something even more terrifying. And here's how people could enter the contest. Now, this is something that we did last month. So, no more entries are being accepted. In fact, we're going to announce a winner here in a few minutes. Here's how people entered. Now, I had asked you, and this was actually inspired by Tom as well, to suggest to Monster Kid Radio a modern monster movie within the past 10 years or so that monster kids would dig. Now, I got a number of entries. A lot of people recommended things like you know, Mims movies, Attack on the Moon Zombies, The Giant Spider, things like that. And then I also had some recommendations for like Frankenweenie, so some of these movies that actually harken back to these movies directly. But then I also had things like Troll Hunter, which is a good call. That's actually a movie that Tom and I saw together with our wives at the Hollywood Theater here in Portland a couple years ago. And then Super 8 was also recommended, which... You know, I never got a chance to talk about Super 8 when I was doing my zombie movie podcast a couple years ago because it does have a little bit of zombie element to it, not how you would normally think, but it does have some zombie. Anyway, Super 8, another great, fun movie, despite all the lens flare. It's a great film, and I have a winner now. I took all of the entries, wrote them all down on a piece of paper, mixed them all up, Drew one at random, and the winner of the one-of-a-kind piece of artwork by Tom Beagler is Steve S. Now, Steve recommended the movie The Giant Spider as well, which, you know, it's a solid film. It's my favorite mem film. If you haven't seen The Giant Spider, you need to see The Giant Spider. But then all these other entries were great as well. Troll Hunter... I remember being a little lukewarm to it when I first saw it. I thought it was going to be something a little bit different. But as I think about it and as I digest it, I really like that movie, and I'd like to go back and watch it again. And of course, Super 8's another really good film. Frankenweenie's a good film. You know, all these were great entries, and I wish I had a piece of artwork for every one of you, but I don't, and the postage would kill me. So congratulations to Steve S. for winning, and I will get this put into the mail to you here soon. I want to tell you a little bit about what's going on next week. Next week is my birthday, and I'm not bringing that up because I want a bunch of birthday greetings or whatever, but what I do want to say is that I'm going to take it a little easy next week, so there will only be one episode next week. It'll be coming out in the middle of the week on my birthday on Wednesday the 11th. Now, what will I be covering? I've got you know, a handful of things here that I'd like to kind of put together, kind of a potpourri episode, for example, of things that I've wanted to do here at Monster Cure Radio and just haven't gotten around to doing yet, including reviewing the movie The Bat 
starring Vincent Price. This was just released on DVD, all restored and such. And I'm excited to talk about it here on the show. I've never seen it before. As I mentioned, when I had Dr. Gang Green, Larry Underwood on the show, I don't have a lot of Vincent Price experience the way a lot of other monster kids have. So I'm excited to take a look at this. And I'm going to tell you about that. I have a mini interview with filmmaker Wayne Sturgill. Earlier this year, I attended the world premiere of his movie, Invader from Venus. Now, this screened at the Clinton Street Theater here in Portland, Oregon, and it's another one of these kind of throwback movies done in the style of a movie from an earlier era. This one feels a little bit more 60s sci-fi than, say, like 40s or 50s. It was a fun film. Unfortunately, it's not available on DVD or anything like that, but you know, I still had a chance to talk to Wayne and I want to share that interview with everybody as well. Also, I played a couple of rounds of the classic five with previous guests here on the show. So I'm going to play those as well. And if you have any feedback for the show, well, I'd like to include that in next week's episode as well. Again, our contact information, monsterkidradio at gmail.com, or you can always call us at 503-479-5MKR. That's 479-5657. Now, the week after that, we'll get back to our regular schedule and, well, we'll have some more Monster Kid Radio goodness for you. Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio, LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio, LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution and non-commercial, no derivations, 3.0 unported license. Of course, that does not apply to the song El Totora that belongs to the band The Ape Men. It appears on their album Seven Plus Inches of Love and appears on this episode of Monster Kid Radio with their permission. Talk to you next week. (laughs) 